What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever episode 67 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I'm your host, Tim Geddes, joined by the coolest dudes in video games, Colin Moriarty and Greg Miller. Hi. Greg Miller looking damn good. That's what I that do. PS, I love you shirt. You like that? Available at kindoffunny.com slash store. Or you could just come get it off my body at Kind of Funny Live at kindoffunny.com slash tickets. Yep. There's a lot of ways you can do things. Um, how you guys doing? I'm good. Well, how are well, you? Thank good. You. I'm excited I'm to play more Axiom Verge. I started yeah. on Vita finally. The cherry is broken. Mm. I'm no longer a Tom Hap virgin. He's oh. been inside my eyeballs. Penetrated your... He's penetrated Tom my Hap's eyes. penetrated you? Yeah. Yes. Good. That's good. Um, so are you going to be playing that on your flight over yeah. to yeah, Pax Yeah, my Pax East flight will be Axiom Verge related since I've platinumed that they're severed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Yeah. Welcome to the everybody. club. Yay. Platinum club I'm for like, severed. Eh. <laughs> the coolest dudes in video games. Yeah. Pretty frame. damn cool. Pretty damn cool. Um... What do you what do you think of severed before we get into everything? Embargoed. We're oh, embargoed. Really? I mean, it's, I, I yeah. it's great. Okay, we'll talk. We'll talk more about it. by now. Things no, are, it's not. Imb- I mean, it technically. Yes, I love you. XOXO on Tuesday. Topic of the week will for sure be. There topic of the show will for sure be. Okay, but severed. I do want to reiterate what we for people that don't listen to PS. I love you, but listen to this show. Between Axiom Verge this week and Severed next week is a great chance to show Sony and the developers that you support the PlayStation Vita. Go buy these games. Go to Vita Island. Seriously, go buy them. Go yeah, buy them. Put your Vita money Island. where your mouth is and buy. Axiom Verge and or Severed and show Sony that PlayStation Vita is still alive. We want more of these games. Show the devs that it's worth their time to bring their games over. Mm-hmm. These are two great games. Yes. Definitely. Definitely. This show, every week we get together, we talk about video games and stuff. If you want it for free, you can go to youtube.com slash games. If you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash games. Get the show early. Whole bunch of other goodies. It's a word Greg taught me. It is. Goodies like is a, a word that I taught. I said, Tim, do you want some of these goodies? And he closed his eyes and reached on in. I did a weird mouth thing. And it was weird. They were good goodies, though, Greg. Yeah, they were great goodies. You can get them over there on that their Patreon. It'll be great. So getting right into it, I want to talk about this PlayStation Neo business. You guys had a whole discussion about it on PSI Love call You. It that, I guess. It's been on PSI Love You. It's mm-hmm. been on Colin and Greg Live. Mm-hmm. And there keeps every time we think we're done with it, another layer of the onion appears. Oh, yeah. People have opinions on this, guys. I don't I know, know if you knew about that. Um, I tweeted out what the, the people out there thought. And there was a lot of responses. Overwhelming amount of responses, both yeah. on my Facebook and Twitter and everything. It's like people are definitely people have opinions about both, PlayStation both 4. Sides. I'd say it's actually fairly, at least from the represent, representative sample of my people. Yeah, uh, it was pretty 50 50 between the this is fucking an abomination and the guys calm the fuck down. Yeah, so I understand that we at this table kind of differ on our thoughts on it. I am in the it's not that big a deal crowd. I'm in the middle of the road. I want to know more about it. I want to see what this all nets out as. And mm-hmm. I want to talk to developers who are working with it and what they think. I want to talk, see how Sony sells it and what they, what their thought process is. Because everybody talks about PlayStation Neo at the moment because I don't understand why Sony would do this. What are they doing? Why would they do mm-hmm. that? I'd like Sony to answer that question. That's the thing. Sony hasn't officially said anything. Correct. So if, if, if they, they somehow missed everything... Right. Rumors of PlayStation 4.5 forever. Giant Bomb puts up a story that's incredibly detailed. Then Colin talks to one of his sources. There's a source over on Reddit now with his own thread. All these different things are happening in terms of what 4.5 is and what it means. Mm -hmm. So, Colin, you kind of came up with a a list of salient points. Yeah. So, I mean, on PS I Love You, this news was fresh and I was a little ranty, as I often get. So it wasn't the most coherent. It was it was good conversational. I've gotten a lot of mostly so, you know, hundreds of tweets actually. People being like, "Thank you for sticking up for people that own PS4 already, and and people that play console games and all those kinds of things." Also, some detractors and stuff like that. 
Um, but I boiled it down in my mind five points. Five we points. We, we won't talk about Lord that. Morty's top five but, points but, about PlayStation four point five. But there's, but there's oh, you should have done four point five points. Yeah, that oh, would have been good. But there are five things. It's it, so the, these are the five questions that mm-hmm. I have, and the five things that I think people should be thinking about and talking about. It's what are, what about the people that already own a PlayStation four? That's the first thing that we have to talk about, right? Continue to enjoy your PlayStation. What 4? about the expectations of the console space? That's a big one. The expectations of the console space going back to the mid seventies. What about the developers of games? That's a big one for me. What about splitting the PS4 ecosystem? So what about the ecosystem that already exists? A console that is already about, you know, getting close to 40 million units sold, which is an extraordinary amount of units in two and a half years. And then what is Sony thinking is the fifth question. And it's those five points that I think will answer one way or the other, no matter how you feel. I don't know that you really have to talk about anything outside of those five points up till I kind of draw a conclusion about what, PS 4.5 or PS 2 4k or PS Neo, whatever they're going to call it. Neo being the internal name code words. Um, and to me, this is a console that makes no sense in the way that the ecosystem has always worked. Consoles have always been weaker than their PC counterparts, their peers at the time. This is, this goes back to the Apple two and to the IBM PC in 1981. I mean, this is not, this is not a new phenomenon. You know, there were PCs in 85 and 86 way more powerful than the NES. There were consoles or PCs way more powerful and Macs way more powerful in 1991, 1992 around the SNES and Genesis era. This is an ancient problem. Games like Doom ran on PCs much more sophisticated than games like our consoles like SNES and Doom was ported and had to be really dumbed down to fit onto these things. So this is this is not a new phenomenon. The question I have is. Why? And the question I have is why now? And the question I have is, what does this have to do with? And so I think that, you know, we can get into the conversations of all these things. And I have my some say, points, where do you want to start? Where do you so, want to start? I think the answer of why, why now it's got to be related to VR. Correct. I think so. I think that the, I think that PSVR is the, is the impetus for this. Um, I don't think it's the only thing that's going to benefit from it. Clearly 100%. it's not, but it seems like it's one of those things to me where the car was put before the horse, where it's like, okay, we have PSVR. There's not enough horsepower on the PS4 to run this thing with our vision moving forward. We can run maybe these launch games in these first year, year and a half games, but eventually we need more horsepower and there's just not enough time for us to get the new console out. So how can we kind of market this to benefit everybody? And this is, I think, the solution they came up with. So I think that even though Sony hasn't said anything about it, we'll see how they position it. The documentation that's been leaked that apparently is maybe going to developers or publishers seems a little disingenuous because it doesn't talk about PSVR. It talks about the added horsepower that's being added to the console, but like, where's the evidence that we need that added added horsepower in any of the games we're playing? I, that's so that's that's the one question I have off the off the top, and I think one of the most salient points that we have to begin with, and one of the things that struck me first was, what about people that already own PlayStation Four, especially the people that recently bought one? And I think that this is something that's being overlooked time and time again. There are people tweeting at me and messaging me on Facebook and all these places. I just bought a PS Four two weeks ago. You know. I'm like, yeah, that fucking sucks, dude, because you're not you're not in the phone space where you expect, well, this is going to happen to you. You're actually in a space where you expect that this console is going to be good and solid for you for at least a few more years, maybe five, six, seven years. And I think that's a reasonable thing. The point that it will be good and solid for you for the next five to seven years. Yeah, but now they feel like they're getting the outdated product. And that's but I mean, that's the same. That's an art. You say like that isn't something that's new. That isn't something that has changed. How many times have I? I just bought the PS3 and here's the PS3 slim. I just did this. Here's this. This is such a 360 in the elite isn't even these are terrible examples guys these are not game these are not consoles that run the games any differently that's what i'm saying like these are not steps up these are these this that is the exact opposite the ps3 slim was designed to make the console cheaper but like the, 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 the elite maybe not but like the well yeah i guess so 
when Xbox 360 started to iterate on this thing, it was to make the components cheaper and, the, and it's cheaper to go at retail. This is the exact opposite. Well, this the is a more powerful was, console. What had better had better parts in it? The internet. And and yeah, it had all yeah. that stuff too. It was a better console. It didn't. There was no. If I ran, uh, if I put a single player sh- like whatever game on it, you would not be able to differentiate between the two consoles. It's the same thing with the PS3, the Slim, the the, the Forming Grill, and the the Fat didn't run these games any differently. I do not buy this particular argument. I think that there's arguments that could be made, but that argument doesn't make any sense. There have been new console versions since the Atari 2600. There were two NESs. There were two SNESs. There were like three Genesises, but they all ran the games the same. Well, I mean, and so, so I the think point that, of this, this isn't a new rumor. 4.5 has been rumored longer than two weeks. This is how, I mean, you say it's a terrible argument. I don't agree. There's always an, another better, something's about to come out that's better in the video game space. People hit us up all the time. Is it okay to buy a Vita now? Are they not going to redesign that or something? And not again, horsepower, sure. But in terms of this, the if you buy a place, if you bought a PlayStation 4 two weeks ago, congratulations. You still have an awesome PlayStation 4 that's going to play awesome games that look great and run well. I guess. I mean, I, I, if I if I was, uh, I'd feel jilted as shit, and I think a lot of people do out there, in the sense that, and I'm speaking for, I think I'm, spe- you know, people have been reaching out to me, and being like, "Thank you for speaking, like using your voice to speak for us," because like it seems like people are just excited about new tech, but in the console space, which might be a little more antiquated than say the PC space or the phone space in the way we do things, there is cause for concern because not only is it about the 4.5 but now it's about like is this just the the, the way it's going to be now like consoles were about ubiquity they were always about that it was about the, there being the same console for everyone we all play the game the same way we might have different consoles but the ps3 slim and the launch ps3 unless you had like the 12 gigabyte one that couldn't even download patches or whatever they ran the games the same so i just see this as an apples and oranges kind of argument because the innards are not different no one in 2009 was like the ps3 slim runs your games better Makes your games look better. The, again, the Foreman Grill came out, didn't come out and say like the games are twenty. The, there's seat more power, and there's and the games look better. And we'll have two different versions of the games now, and you have to go and developers have to go out and patch things. I just don't buy this particular argument. It is not, it is not the same because no, it is not new to have redesigned consoles. It's new to have a redesigned console that's more expensive than the old console. I can't think of a single example of that ever. The happening. Elite, the, the Elite's different because why? X, because Xbox three six like with the Xbox three sixty. Yeah, they they added, I guess, uh, like some internet stuff or what, like some yeah, Wi-Fi and, and built in. Yeah, like the drive. Wi-Fi was built in, so you didn't have to have the hard drive thing is is irrelevant too. You can you can buy. There were three different PS3 hard drives at the beginning. That's that doesn't run the game any differently. Like I I don't understand I don't understand this particular argument. So the Xbox Elite has a built-in Wi-Fi, which the the original one you had to buy an extra an extra component. That's not running the games differently. Like it's just not. Like I, I don't I I'm sorry like that particular argument doesn't make any sense. But the games run fine though. Like that's the thing. It's not like the games are not going to work if you have a PS4. You know, it's not like the the Nintendo the 3DS and the new 3DS where there's games that just straight up work better on the new 3DS compared to the normal 3DS or some that are exclusive to the new 3DS and not the original 3DS. Right, and then people look at games like Hyrule Warriors or something like that that barely runs. Yeah, on the old 3ds, but that's an issue. So, like, with, so, so with this, what that is though? This is supposedly different. This is supposedly it's just enhanced versions, and I, I the 3ds thing they they're building it for that new 3ds. Whereas this is they're building it for the PS4, the PS4, 4, and 5 stuff. That's just an option. That's just there. The questions I have, and I just, I just don't know this. Are so what is the price that they're talking about? They're saying through the the rumors were. Giant Bob was one. saying that three ninety nine was going to be the console price, and the original—I think the Wall Street Journal or Nikai or something—was saying three ninety nine or four ninety nine, depending on the internals, which they, I guess, at the time of publish, had not decided what their internals were going to be. My assumption is that it's going to be three ninety nine because I don't know how you're going to sell a console that is even more expensive than the PS four was. That to me is that to me is like a little weird. So I do think that the, they'll settle at the four hundred dollar price and then drop this other one, which PS four is what three forty nine ninety nine right now. 
So you drop it no, down two ninety two ninety nine. So yeah. you have to drop it to one ninety nine. Um, I mean, like I, I, you have to have a big differentiation between these consoles at this point. So um, wait, thing, is right? it two forty nine ninety nine base unit and then bundles are three or two ninety nine? I don't think it's two forty nine. Okay. It's been a while. Maybe I don't. I, I don't can know. do it. I'm on it. I got the device in my hand. We're just assuming that the the this is a new thing, where it's going to be the Neo or the four point five or whatever. What if this just is the PlayStation Four? Because you know? they say that the documentation, as far as the leaks are concerned, saying that the two consoles will split, will say like will be side by side, and they'll continue to sell them. But this particular argument, Tim, remind and you can appreciate this, reminds me a lot of Nintendo's three pillar strategy in the early two thousands when they were like, we're going to have the GBA and the DS and the GameCube side by side. And what we quickly saw with that was that the Game Boy Advance was obsolete and was removed. And Game Boy Advance actually was, a fi- I thought, a fantastic system that was that disappeared very quickly because the, D- the DS was just a better unit. So they had some anticipation that the GBA would last in maybe 05, 06, 07. And it did, I guess, in some respect, last until 05 or so, but it was gone. I mean, the, 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 the GBA's prime time was three years. Mm-hmm. And the DS's prime time really was still going until last year or two years ago. So it's like where there were still kind of new and unique games being released for it. So... They stretched it out, but I feel like Nintendo's move at the the DS move was premature because the GBA was still, and I think this is a great example, is the GBA still had life in it and it was still fun to play and it was still, God, I fucking love the Game Boy Advance. And 350 they, right now, sorry. Yeah, I thought, I thought that's what it was. So it's, it's to me, it's, um, it's it's a great example of like, well, Nintendo had something great with the DS and it sold very well and I enjoyed it. I remember I told a story, I think on PS I Love You or something or Colin and Greg where I was like, I didn't believe it until I played it and I was like, this is great. But they didn't have to kill the GBA like that. And this is this is kind of like it just there was no imperative for them to do that. The GBA actually was quite successful. And I and I so I look at the PS4, which is even more successful, the most successful PlayStation device ever so far, well, life to date within its life cycle. And it's and to me, I look at it and I'm like, but, but why? Like, but why? You know, like, why are you doing this? And that goes to the question number five. Like, what do you this seems like premature this seems to me to be a half measure this seems to me to be something where it's like if you just wait a couple years you could really just get away with releasing the next playstation now have you seen these stories today though the shuhei yoshida we did we talked about it on now i don't know we know shuhei yoshida very well Mm -hmm. and this is is the lauren lanning comment exactly so lauren lanning was saying how shuhei yoshida told him that at some point that like it's not a question of when but if with PlayStation 5 when it will come out, if it will come out. So, but knowing Shuei Yoshida, I'm not so sure you could read too much into that. He's very closed. You know, he keeps things He's very to the clear, best. yeah, that things haven't been He's announced. He's very aren't skilled official. about avoiding answering questions. I've, I've joked many times that I've never broken him. I've broken a lot of people. You know, and gotten a lot of information I probably shouldn't have for people in interviews, and he's impossible to break. So I don't read too much into that. I think PlayStation 5 is obviously going to happen. I think maybe when Lauren talked to him at some point, maybe that wasn't the case, but I, I, I think they would be foolish not to do that. But I think that like they could have just made the like they could have just made the case in 2018 at E3. This is the PlayStation five and it's going to come out this fall. And we know that the PS4 came out five years ago. It's backwards compatible with the PS4, but we want to move on to the next hardware and have this more powerful thing. Instead, it's like a half measure. And now we have to wonder, like, how often is this going to happen? Can you reliably buy hardware? And I know that this isn't a problem for PC gamers and this is a thing in the phone space, but in the console space, this isn't really the way business is done. And so Sony's either being very forward thinking, which is possible. They've been yeah. very forward thinking so far. I think they're very forward thinking with PSVR. I think they've been very forward thinking with the way they treated gamers with PlayStation four, or this is an unforced error and, or it's just something that's just whatever, but I just don't know how it could be. Whatever. It ha- I really do think that it has to be one or the other, you know, like I, I, I definitely, I'm in the whatever camp. I think that it from, from Sony themselves, I think that this is a move where the, the idea of people knowing what console cycles means that 
almost doesn't matter. Like things are changing. Like we're at a different time. So what consoles were then is not what they are now. And the, I'm, I don't buy the phone argument either. Like that, it just doesn't make sense. But at the same time, it's like things could totally change. And what we think of as getting the consoles every what before it was five years, then it's closer to 10 years. It's like that changed, you know? So why can't it be sooner than that? And like, why can't it be half steps? And it's never going to be quite like, I don't want to say never, but I don't ever see a place where it is like a PC where it's, you can upgrade at any time. You can get a faster CPU or you can get a better graphics card. You're not going to get pieces. Every three months there's something that's better than that was. This is like, I mean, it's been a couple years. It's not like it's just been, was just yesterday that this thing happened. Also with the rumors of Microsoft doing it and the NX coming out, it's like that. This is a way to like with all the rumors of the NX being more powerful than PS4, whether or not that ends up, I hope it is the case. You know, like it's been three years, but uh, it comes out, but that's things like that. This is something for Sony to kind of have to, to point to and just be like, well, there is this that does this. And I, I just don't think that I honestly think that the, the PS 4.5 or whatever, isn't going to be that big of a deal on the positive side for the people that want it. I think that Sony can't allow it to, it's, it's similar to the connect. People aren't going to make connect games because only so many people have connect. Same thing with move. I think this is the same thing where it's like, they're going to make the games for the PS4 users. And the other shit, it's always going to be an afterthought. And it's always just going to be a, yeah, it is It is better, but it's good. It reminds me of the Xbox GameCube PS2 era. Where the Xbox games looked better. Who the fuck cared? Everyone played it on PS2 or GameCube for Link, you know? <laughs> I wanted to. I just couldn't find it. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I think that I think it's that type of thing where it's like, it's being blown out of proportion now because, A, we don't know anything official. Exactly. And B, it's just like, you know, it's easy to look at this as a bad thing. I totally understand where people are coming from. I understand the idea of like, shit, I just bought this thing. Like that sucks that I, there's no way I can convince my mom to, to buy another of the exact same thing that I just got. But this isn't for those people. Like, I think that those people are going to be totally fine and it's, it's something for them to get mad about if they want to. But I think that they're going to get what they bought and that experience is going to be awesome for them. The crazy tech people that need the newest things. I'm one of those people. I, I look at this, I'm going, fuck, I have a PlayStation 4. Like, I don't want to have to buy this thing. That sucks. But if I really want it, I'll figure out a way. I'll sell it. Like, I will sell it, make enough money, and yeah, probably have to pay a bit more to get the new one, but I'm getting something out of it. It's not like it's just a fair trade of they release a new thing, and I'm like, oh, I, I, I deserve that one. You know, I bought this one. I've had years of entertainment with it. And that's the, the people that bought it two weeks ago, they had two years to buy it. Yeah, I, I just, to me, it's... Again, it goes back to expectations. It goes back to I'm glad that you deal with the, the, that you agree with the phone issues specifically. And I know some people are like, well, it's no different than phones. It's way different than phones. For 15 years, we've been subsidized. Our phones have been subsidized and not outright paid for. Talk to me in five years now that subsidies are going away and see how often you reiterate on your phone now that you have to pay five or six hundred dollars for it, which most of us haven't been doing, by the way. But I mean, see, that's, so like, that, so that's that's still not true though, because like the, the phones are still subsidized. Like if you do it right with the phones, you are still getting your phone for about $200. Oh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm still getting mine, but a lot of people are telling me that a lot of this stuff's going that's away they're now. doing it wrong. I mean, but it doesn't that, matter, Tim. The, the point, the point, and you're making my point. The point is, is that like we are, we live in a subsidized, you know, we live in a subsidized place with phones where it's like, everyone's like, well, I get a new phone every 18 months, but I'm like, you're not paying for it. Like Sony's not subsidizing anything. So yeah, we might have this, this situation with a phone, which does way more and it's a way more dynamic machine than a, a gaming console. And to me, it's like, okay, that, that argument doesn't, doesn't live up to it. If we were all paying five or six or $700 for our phones, we would not be iterating like this. And I guarantee you that the, the phone companies would not be releasing their phones as much as they are. They're getting fucking hundreds of millions of dollars from phone companies to do this, to keep people active on their, on their networks and all these kinds of things. So it's a totally, 
it's a totally different thing. I think the PC gaming thing is way more apt. And this is as far as a comparison and where you can like kind of get into like, well, we PCs are way more modular and we update them or whatever. But to me, it's like if Sony wanted to do this, this isn't something they just pulled out of their ass, you know, like a month ago or even a year ago. They knew they were going to do this and they should have just made the PS4 modular. And 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 at that point, I wonder where, where, where did this like, what, like, was this always the plan? Because people are now digging up old comments and old quotes from people being like the PS4 you play on now is the PS4 everyone plays on and like all these kinds of things and why it's so easy to develop for and while and, and we'll get into that in a minute. But to me, it seems like it's just it's 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 just not the way we do things in the console space. And to me, it's either like I have to reimagine the way we, the console space is and then it, and and which is fine I'm, i don't control or have any right to, t- to dictate the console space i'm just giving my opinion on it some people will agree some people won't but then it makes me wonder like if this is the way we're doing things then like why am i even playing on a console anymore because like console gaming was supposed to be easy console gaming was supposed to be predictable console gaming was supposed to be ubiquitous and now we're going to have basically haves and have nots and different tiers of gamers and now you're going to see you know i can't wait to see start seeing videos at e3 and all this kind of stuff where it's going to say running on neo in the corner and all those kinds of things. And we're never going to see the, the PS4 version. It reminds me a lot of like where PS4 and Xbox One games come out. One of them's running at nine, you know, nine twenty or whatever. One's running at ten eighty, and it's going to be a similar thing now within the PlayStation ecosystem. Now, like, there's going to be games that but are running that's a at ten eighty. Who cares, dude? A lot. I mean, come on. I know Tim. people care. People I mean, a care. lot of people are going to care. People are going to be angry about it. But really, what does it change? What does it matter? When we're talking about the resolution thing, I like, mean, I don't care about resolution. But I'm whenever I say that. Uh, to Gre- and Greg will know. I'm like, I don't give. I don't even know what the fuck a game's running at half the time. I don't that, care. But, that, but, but that's like, my point, though. Like, my point but I'm is, gonna, I'm, I'm not the normal person. People, but people are gonna like this. It's an internet angry thing of people gonna, gonna be upset about this stuff. And yeah, people care. Like, but I'm saying that it doesn't matter in the the grand scheme of things. People are saying that this is like suicide for Sony to do. It's like, oh, no. I don't think it's suicide because they have such a great lead. The question is like, I certainly don't think it's suicidal. And by any respect, I just wonder if it's st- an unnecessary roadblock if it's timing if it's splitting focus if it's they already have psvr to worry about now they have this other thing to worry about and the original console it's just weird and like this fall if it comes out so so for people that are not familiar like the documentation indicates that games that come out in october or later must have neo capability and like so like they must run on neo in some respect i don't know you know better frame rate improved frame rate whatever better resolution there can be no special features so and neo can't be Neo can't have like things that the other one doesn't have in terms of core features, but Neo could have like a player split screen when the other one has four players split screen or whatever. Theoretically, or, theoretically or whatever it is. So it's like there's according to the documentation. So there are all these like kind of Byzantine rules that I don't really quite understand yet. Well, they're there because of what you were talking about to keep the ubiquity of the PSN. Together. Right. The ubiquity of you are playing on a PlayStation 4 no matter the resolution. But but the point that I think is being lost in this documentation, assuming that it's real and who knows Sony again still hasn't said anything about it. And I'm sure they're kind of still figuring out their message and crafting their message. I don't, they anticipated, I don't think they anticipated that this was going to happen. I don't know how you couldn't anticipate that this was going to leak but um to me it's like well dude the special features is the game runs and looks better like that is the special feature that is the special component of the game you can, if that's your marketing if that's like the marketing idea and the way we avoid our problems all the time you're gonna be in for a lot of trouble because that's not gonna fly with a lot of people the special feature of game x on neo is that it looks better and it runs better you know, and to, and and that's just unheard of in the console space. You usually have those kinds of things within different consoles. The Wii version looks like shit. The PS3 version looks okay. The Xbox 360 version looks great. You know, or the the Xbox One version runs at this, but the PS4 version runs at this. But now you're gonna have the Xbox One version runs at this. The PS4 runs at this, and the Neo runs at this. But that this whole thing is supposed to be the same on this side. This whole PS4 kind of thing is supposed to be the same. So, is it like kind of like a sky is falling thing? I suppose. Is it a little bit hyperbolic? I suppose. I, I just this is like my guttural reaction to this because 
this is just not the way the business is conducted. And I, and I fear... But things change, to quote the Penguin and Batman. Things returns. do change, but the question is, like, things usually change for a reason. And console gaming is strong right now. But I think there is a reason. There, we're at a place now where... People, everyone has computers like whether or not it's a, a great computer like a gaming computer or not It's like it's not like back in the day when you needed a beast ass machine to be able to play games Whatever you buy from Best Buy you can play some games on it and that aren't just minesweeper You can play real real games on it and that your tablets are computers your phones are computers It's like everything is so Technologically advanced and the the entryway for people to to have technology is so low now where it's like people just have stuff like on my phone I'm playing games that look amazing that look like console games and it's like everything's all mismatched and weird and I think that it's like we're at a place where people can wrap their head around tech in a different way upgrading machines and upgrading things and different tiers of stuff like Apple has taught people that there's the this version then there's the this version and like people can wrap their head around that and the the thing with the the phones that i don't agree with is the subsidized thing because like that's like people expecting to be able to trade in the ps4 for the new one like that doesn't make any sense no um, sony's never going to do that but the the thing that i do agree with with the phone stuff is like the iphone 6 or the iphone 6s that is a perfectly apt thing with what this is consoles haven't done that before but with phones it's not like the craziest thing ever like it was weird in the beginning when they first started doing that everyone's just like fuck well i have a six that means i don't get a success that sucks you don't need it though it does have a nicer camera it does have new nicer things it has nicer features but you don't need them your six is fine you the success is just a better version of the six and i think it's the exact same thing you do, when you look at the ipads with the retina display stuff and this is my worry is i have the the retina ipad and there's so many apps that aren't optimized for it because people are optimizing for what most people have, which is the PS4. So I worry that the PS4.5 is going to look, is the, the premium stuff is going to be so limited that it's not even going to matter to the users that want it to. That's the bigger issue. I'm trying to go through my notes here to like, so to make sure we're not, that we're not skipping anything. I want to say that this to me reminds me most of not, I'm trying to think of times like you talk about the PS2 hard drive, which I think is like a minor thing. I think the bigger thing is the why? The, the N6, because it's like it was it made it the was, games better. It was it didn't it made it didn't make the games better. It made the games run faster and run better. They loaded quicker. Special features. That's exactly what we're talking about. Like, I, I I guess I mean like and maybe that's an, an apt thing, but to me like the, the hard drive was like I don't even remember anyone really caring about it compared to like the to, to and I could be wrong, but like I don't remember that being a big thing. I I, I think more about the expansion pack with the N64. Uh, which gave the N64 boosted memory and there were late N64 games like Majora's Mask that needed it to run but to me it's like that was a cheap component the N64 was designed from the beginning it was obvious there was a slot for it from the very beginning in 1996 and it also came with a big game too so like which I think was Donkey Kong Mm -hmm. so they were already trying to get it out there by being like just buy the game and here it is Um, I think the bigger kind of weirdness that you find is maybe you have to go back to the Genesis and go to like 32x and all these weird things that they were trying to do towards the end of the Genesis life cycle to extract more power out of it where they were working on Saturn. And I think that that didn't work out too well for them. So we don't really have a great comparison to see how this works, but we do have some anecdotal evidence or some historical evidence to figure out what this might look like when you start having like, well, this game's on Genesis and this game's on 32x. And there was another one, wasn't there? Uh, CD. Yeah. Then Sega CD. And I'm like, well, but see, the like problem you kinda, there is like you you needed those for those experiences, and like I like that so far at least this is all saying that it's like no it's just it's everyone's getting the same games and the lack like limiting the special features or whatever wording they used like that is that's the saving grace for this 
Because if it was the new 3DS situation, that's fucking bullshit. Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily disagree. And again, I want to reiterate because it's important. We're kind of just spitballing because we don't have they haven't talked. They haven't talked, and I don't know that they're going to. I mean, I I, I don't know you that. Think they'll wait till E3 at this point. Yeah, probably. I mean, I I wouldn't, but I don't. You are going to continue to kick the beehive every week on PS. I love you. No, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if there's nothing new to say, there's nothing new to say. I mean, I'm fine saying this and moving on with my life. I mean, it's you know, it's at the end of the day, it's a fucking video game, but you know, or a video game console. But to me, the one thing that I think is being thank you that that's being lost, or people aren't thinking about, and this is where I'm like kind of my conjecture of the things that I'm talking about are coming from is the point of view of developers. Mm-hmm. The 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 very fact is easy or hard, simple or difficult. However, it is when you add something like this in, it is going to require extra planning. It is going to require extra QA. Extra certification, extra production, extra money, and extra time. And this is something that has to be accounted for. It's indisputable. Like, you can't dispute that. So, 100%. so like, whether or not, like, you know, people, you know, the source that I talked to indicated um, to me uh, a well-connected source. And, you know, you know, I think you would indicate or, you know, think that the source is a well-connected in the no person. Sure. Um, indicated to me um, that the people this source had spoken to uh both within and outside of his own development circle um, was not impressed, not happy that they have to deal with this thing, whether or not it's minor. Exactly. And that it's just something else that they have to think about. They have to budget for it with time and production and money. It's not something it's not just flipping a switch. People can say that if that's what they want, but it's not true. You know, I, it, whether or not they make PC games or not, and you have to make your PC games a little more modular, a little more flexible for different graphics cards and all these kinds of things, that still does take production. 100%. And the game has to go through certification now for both of those. Yep. As and far there, as we there's understand. There's be problems that you don't see with one version that you'd see with the other. Over on NeoGAF, because I know you, you you have your your quote on Twitter, not quote even, your, your statement My on Twitter about statement, your source. Right. Uh, Risk Bearer over on tw- uh, NeoGAF had put this up. And I'm going to read it at length, but it'll get to the point of like, it starts off here like this doesn't matter, but then gets to exactly what you're talking about. You guys do know that console games and development actually can have graphic settings in a menu taken from the PC version or in a debug menu that you can change, right? Developer effort will come more in the sense that they have to keep the different performance budgets in mind. Meaning if you need to keep, let's say, your polygon budget under $30 million for the PS4 slash Xbox One version, you make a graphic setting around that. Then the PS4K would have an undefined number. You would add props, details, change LOD, which I don't know what that is, to use the PS4K's extra power. It's no different from doing different graphic settings on the PC. They'll probably make a baseline, a whole bunch of tech shit. It's not very different from what happens with multi-platform games. Extra platforms always mean extra hours in compliance, QA, and builds, though. Uh, but games won't be or shouldn't be any worse for it. But it's exactly your point. that talking about, like, there's more to look out for now. There is more things. And I think that your source being like, ugh, you know, this, it's not, ugh, like, this is the worst thing in the world. It's like, ugh. Another fucking hurdle to get through, another thing to check on the box, another thing to test. No, and I know that some people were, you know, confused by some of the verbiage in my brief tweet. And I'm not tweeting this as a journalist. I'm just tweeting it being like, isn't this an interesting little kind of thing that I heard from someone that I can absolutely trust? Um, And it's, of course, the source being Portillo, a well-connected game developer. Um, But to me, it was just putting it out there being like, this is what I heard. This person I trust 100 percent and would absolutely know. Um, and does, does this source speak for everyone when he, when he says most, no, but it, he's talking about his circle of people he knows, and you can kind of garner information from that. It's just same as political polling. When you say like, oh, Bernie Sanders has 36% of, you know, the vote or whatever, they didn't talk to everyone who's voting. 
Yeah, like they just you garner that information. So it's just anecdotal. Take it if you want and leave it if you want. It's sure. not meant to be this scholarly pursuit with five different sources. It was me putting out some information that I thought people would find interesting. And I think they did. Um, but it goes back to the point, And I want to make sure I'm not missing it here where it's like the console games, console developers specifically or gamer uh, developers that are more comfortable working on console, which are many. Um, they're just used to one box, right? Or two boxes, Xbox One and PS4. And now they have to worry about a third one. And and it might not be a major thing for them. And maybe it's another month of production or something like that. But it's a thing they have to budget for. This is going to cost them money. This is going to cost them time. And this is going to cost them headaches. And dollars to fucking donuts. You know, I bet you a game gets... Lying, I, I bet you a game gets delayed because of this at some point. I bet you uh, I bet you that a game just straight up doesn't run right on one of those. And they, and they have to patch it. Now they have to worry about patching games twice. Now they have to worry about like there's a lot of patches being put through cert cost money. Exactly. Like things these things cost actual dollars. Like you don't send something to Sony and be like, can you just look at this? Like they pay them to do that. So it's it's and and to go on, you know, to go on the store, whatever. And to your point about like, well, if the PS this is a bit the big conundrum, this is the same conundrum with Vita. This is the same conundrum with uh, Wii U is the same conundrum with everything where it's like, okay, so they ignore the Neil, which is really not according to the the documentation isn't really allowed there. The game. The games have to run in both of those. They can't just say like the PS4, according to the documentation, the way I'm reading it, the PS4 game, they can't just ignore it. Well, I'm like, saying ignore. I'm saying like not focus on. But what I'm saying is like if they don't focus on it, then there's no reason for this to ever happen to begin with. If the developers don't want to do this and maybe they do or maybe they don't, then you have to wonder like who is this happening for? Because if developers don't want to take advantage of it, then who's going to buy it? And then the Neo people are going to be pissed. And this is like the whole other side of the coin where it's like, okay, so the PS4 people are all happy as pigs and shit now because the games look exactly the same. And the Neo people are like, what the fuck? No, that, I mean, that's like, 100% this is, jumping this, to the middle of the road statement I kept making on a uh, podcast, uh, PS. I love you XO and uh, what's the other one Colin Greg live is the fact that like what I want them to say in that statement about what this does is makes games load faster makes this happen da 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 when they're just like improved frame rate sharper visuals or whatever I'm like hmm, um, I don't know if I'm gonna get that doesn't do it for me that's not what's gonna move my needle to get me over if they do come out and they're like it's gonna make PlayStation VR run better it'll look better in your headset it'll your lo- games will load three times as fast or whatever twice as fast half as fast okay cool now you've got my attention now I'm excited for it yeah, to me, it's just an ironic kind of thing to think about from an anal- like an analytical point of view of the haves and have-nots that we were talking about, like the have-nots being the PS4 users, the haves being the P- Neo users. But what if it's the other way? Like, what if like what if the- people are just like, fuck this shit? And and the Neo games, like, except for first-party games, which are obviously going to take advantage of it, or the you know games that are patched or whatever. Like, the, the way the documentation says is, like, games that come out in September have to be patched. Games that run in October... Have, or come out in October out have box. to run natively out of the box in this thing so this is just the thing people might be learning about this the last few months and being like fucking shit like we need more time now like we budget we thought we were talking about crunch I think the last episode or one of, one of these episodes yeah and how catastrophic that is I just look at this and I'm like this seems like a, a bit nightmarish even if it's just 5% more work or 2% more work over a three year cycle or a four year cycle this is something that really has to be considered and I don't think we're like appreciating enough how much of a pain in the ass this is going to be for devs and the source that I talked to indicated that it very much is going to be that for, for, for them and for the people that that source spoke to so it's just something worth noting that maybe some devs are some, of course some devs are going to be happy about it. I'm, I'm sure devs want I'm more sure, horsepower. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure people are going to want the newest, coolest things and they want their shit to look better. It's like me with video stuff. Knowing there's a better camera than the one we're shooting on drives me fucking nuts. I want the better one, you know, but I'll deal with this shit. It's not, but it's again, it's not shit. It looks great. No, I know, but that's from that. That, that is exactly it. It does. does it Tim's kind of making the way, point though, right? Like better. that. Because no, no one has to buy anything, but I understand what people are saying where they're like, I have to buy this new thing. Now they feel like 
as hardcore PlayStation fans, like this is what they do. This is how they, they buy in. And that's it's a just, bad place to be. Don't do that as a, a reformed hardcore Sega kid. That's a fucking stupid thing. I to guess. Do. But we are that, though. Like, or at least but I am. Like, I buy to. If you don't want these things, don't get it. I suppose, but I, I all I'm saying is like I, I like because people are saying like, well, if you were against it, then why are you going to buy it? And I'm like, well, I'm kind of in the catch twenty two where it's like I kind of need to be able to be authoritative about it. So like, I'm curious about it. I'm going to buy it when it comes out day one. I'll pre order it. But I understand why people are upset, and sometimes you can't speak for your own perspective. Sometimes you have to speak from other people's perspectives and understand where they're coming from. And this is not a hard one to figure out. So, but to me, like there is a situation where I do think that. The early adopters that made this thing possible, that made the PS4 success possible, that made the, the the talk of Neo even possible at all, that the PS4 didn't fucking fall off cliff and die, are looking at this being like, what the fuck? I think and there's I, a segment think, of them, I think, I think there's a I segment think like me that doesn't feel that way and doesn't care. And I, but I just think that, that like those people should be listened to and those people should be heard. And I, I, think, that, and I think they have a legitimate qualm based on the history of PlayStation consoles and based on the history of... Um, the way gaming consoles are done generally. And I think that this is treated more like the PS1, the PS2 era. And PS1 really only existed for five years. And that was fine the ps2 came out and made it look like fucking trash and i would have been really interested to see in 2018 2019 if the ps5 came out and just looked made this thing look like trash but it was backwards compatible so you had like a more ubiquitous uh console a, a playstation network they can play these games something that they didn't think about or didn't want to do with ps3 to ps4 because there was some money to be made in software sales and hd and collections and the fact that the ps3 psn sucked um so but the final thing i want to think about and, I, and if you guys can add anything in here and i'm sorry to dominate the conversation it's just that i, I wrote these notes so i thought that would be interesting is is you know how are they going to market this thing and how are they going to show it? Question, and this man. is a really, this is the burning question, right? Yeah. This is how do you show the PlayStation Neo running a game without showing how much better it looks than what everyone already has, right? And that is going to be a marketing problem for them because how do at E3 they show God of War and it's running on Neo? Well, it looks great. How, what does it look like on the other console? And you're going to show it side by side and make your other shit look fucking obsolete and going to piss off millions of people doing that. Like this is this is where the unforced error thing comes in where I'm like, you guys have so much to worry about this fall already with PSVR. Maybe this wasn't the smartest idea, assuming that it's coming out in October. And I don't see why, according to the documentation, it wouldn't come out in October. Why would the games need to be ready at that point? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Why is that the cutoff? Thing? Exactly. So, so, so unless it's like November and they want everything ready to go and blah, 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 I don't know. And they have to go through certification. So it's like this is a big thing. This is the thing I'm most morbidly curious about is how do they how do they budget it like the budget the time to talk about this thing still give love to the PS4 make the Neo look like something you need to do or need to have without making the PS4 look obsolete and it's like that and this is the big question I have this is the big question I have is like the, the thing is is that Sony's making the PS4 obsolete or at least look like it and no one else really felt that way everyone's like. I was excited I, I often talked about like think about just think about in a few more years what they're gonna be able to do with this console. And I always use the example of Resistance to Resistance 3 of Uncharted Drake's Fortune of The Last of Us. These are the same teams running the same hardware using the same tool set getting games that look drastically better than the originals on on the same PS3. And I wanted to see like what Last of Us 2 would have looked like. And we're going to. But like to me it's like that seems to me to be like let's just give developers some more time and some more space. The console space was never about technological advancements like the PC space was or the phone space or the tablet space. It was about like this is what we have. We're excited to have it or we're not so excited to have it. And the games run on this for four, five, six, seven years. And then we move on. And so I just am curious how you like position this. Sony can be absolutely brilliant here. Some people are saying this is the Sony mistake we've been waiting for for three years. I don't know. The, the one thing I feel and I said on PS, I love you is that I hope I'm dead fucking wrong about this. I hope I'm totally wrong. I hope I'm fucking totally wrong. And this is awesome. And everyone loves it. 
and all these kinds of things. I just can't wrap my head around. See, it. I think you're you're saying some things in there. You know that it's never been about a technological advancement, right? And clearly, this year and what Sony's been doing is about that with PlayStation VR. This is supposed to be their big advancement. Shoes says they're treating it like a console launch. It is a game changer for them. You know what I mean? And I see from what we're hearing right now about this Neo unit. My prediction is it's going to be very much like the PlayStation VR unit, where it is, hey, here's this thing for if you're super hardcore into PlayStation, here's this avenue for you to get something that's a little bit better, a market increase that's not insane whatever but if you want to have the best vr experience you're one day going to need this and you're going to have to do this and you're going to have to start adding on all these different things and it is things change as we continue to talk about and this is they have to their step in terms of like this is the new world they foresee that they're laying out and if it's the right world or the wrong world we'll find out really quickly but what's interesting i mean i feel so about it and you said kept saying it on a piece i love you and we got not argument but we're talking in heated fashion or whatever we keep saying well now everybody who's using the playstation 4 gets the shittier version and it's like fucking spoiler alert everyone every game that isn't exclusive to the playstation has always been the shittier version how how much how much did we love how the wisher 3 fucking looked on ps4 beautiful game amazing vistas oh my god it's so great and you look at it on pc and you're like fuck that's amazing but we all said we like playstation and we like trophies and we like this so that's why we do this and that's why we're settling we're settling or taking the inferior version or whatever and now there's this playstation 4.5 there's now this neo that will maybe make it look better and again i think it's going to be a, i think it's going to be a jump that's much more of a hop that playstation 4 looks good that looks that looks really nice that looks good it's like mm. I, I mean for me and this is kind of a shitty comparison because i didn't sit down and do them side by side but it's kind of like when i saw last of us running on playstation 4 right as the thing and i was like Oh yeah, it looks it looks good. Like, yeah, it looks frame rate seems better. It's faster. It's smoother. Whatever. I didn't sit there and go, man, this makes PS3 last. It was like a garbage. No, it looked like up-res PlayStation. You know what I mean? That's what I expected to be in terms of quality, in terms of clarity. If you've been happy with your PlayStation 4 experience and how games have looked, I just don't understand all of a sudden being like, now this thing is trash. It's garbage, and I got fucked because I had an unwritten contract with them that for 10 years, I, this would be the only PlayStation 4. You're still going to be able to play with everybody on Neo. You're still going to be able to do all this stuff. You're still going to have the same games. Yep, frame rate might not be as good. Yep, picture might not be as quality. I just don't... If, if, if that's what I cared about when I fucking cared about video games, I would own a PC and I wouldn't be on any PlayStation podcast. But think about... I mean, to your point, because you're, you're right, but think about it from a different perspective, which is not the perspective of the people that own PS4, but the perspective of just the general... Just a general obvious question is, if it's not that big of a difference, then why the fuck is this happening at all? Like, that's... that's, I, the, that's I assume to make way for PlayStation VR and get this underlings and do this and be ready to build on that. But I I'm think, with you on that. Don't get me wrong. I want Sony to answer the fucking question of what the fucking point is. I, we'll see, but I think in terms of the marketing stuff, like, I... I'm interested to see if it is as big of a deal as it sounds like, or if it's going to be something more like I think, which is just, this is just the new PlayStation 4. I'm The pillar thing, like whatever the documentation says, to me, this just sounds like this is the slim. This is the new PlayStation 4. And if that's the case, then I think all this is going to go If they sledgehammer the, the price on PlayStation 4 and they say we're going to move the and, stock and, yeah, and stuff. And not so much that it's like just getting doing a price cut and they live simultaneously even if they did it's just more like the neo is the playstation 4 going forward and it's like the advancements it gets is loading times and yeah the frame rates might be better in in certain things it'll probably just be the triple a exclusive titles that get that all the third party stuff will probably just be minor like loading's faster i mean third party stuff theme i would feel and this is again who the fuck knows i think would be the most easy to do because it would be that you have pc and you have your pc high you know high functioning whatever skill tree they call it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you have your baseline (laughs) graphics and you have your shitty things and if you can have those sliders you have to be able to feel like well what where does the where does neo fit into one of these sliders and then if it's as easy to do when you bring that over 
Who the yeah. fuck knows? I just I think this is going to end up being the the slim of this generation. What the slim and the elite means in 2016, I think it's going to be that. And I I'm going to be very interested if I'm wrong and if it is two very different machines that just like forward. PlayStation VR, man. I'm super fascinated now to get these out to for, for VR to come out and see how people respond to it. But how, what, what the sales are like, how much people use it, what a month and a half reaction to PlayStation VR is where we that out yeah. with it. And same thing here of just like, how are you going to market this? How are you going to sell this? How are you going to show it? What are you going to say about this? And when are you going to say about it? And I think the other thing too, is like the, I think that even pillared or not or whatever, I think that like making a big deal, of this new thing, like that's marketing talking. Even if you're saying the other thing's not as good, but still great. Like that's as much as that shits on it. At the end of the day, the pros are going to outweigh the cons for them, and they're going to sell a lot more Neos because they're making it sound like the hot new thing, and more people are going to be like, fuck, I need the new thing compared to the people that are complaining. And that's what I kept talking about. I mean, like the the base or the base business answer to why are they doing this is to sell Colin and me and you and whoever else a PlayStation Neo that would buy one. We wouldn't have bought a PlayStation 4 this year. Suddenly we are buying a PlayStation 4 this year. And the person who was on the fence to buy a PlayStation 4 this year maybe is going to buy this now that it's settled. And that's kind of like when you're waiting for the price drop or you're waiting for the redesign. When it finally happens, so many people are like, all right, now I'll go to pull the trigger. And do yep, exactly. Yeah, but just just remember that to, to the point, good point, salient points, this is the first console, quote unquote, redesign that's more expensive than the console that's on the market. Luxury item. Think, so, we'll so, so it's it's the elite was more expensive too. Sure, but the elite, I just don't buy this. What's different about it, man? The elite was just a, a, a new Xbox 360 redesign with a modem in it, like or with a, with a wireless card in it. And it was black, and it had a black controller, and it was more money. Like that's the thing. It was uh, a redesign. Like it, that's all it was. It was a luxury redesign. And how much was the Elite compared to the original Xbox 360? I think it was like 150 more. 100 or 150 more. I don't recall. Yeah, I don't recall either. But I do remember seeing that going, man, that's a fucking good looking system. I wish I had that. But don't care because it still runs my game. Yeah, but Alfredo cared. And Alfredo upgraded. Sure. No, totally. That's, you know, and that's what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? But you know, we I mean. will see how this all nets out. We will, Portillo. It's one of those things I really hope I'm I'm wrong about. I hope it does great. Sony. I don't care. Yeah, it's I, I care because Sony's doing great with PlayStation Four, and it's a great console, and they really revived and proved everyone wrong with 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 consoles. But if they fuck it up, we get back to having just the core fans. Remember when we used to have like we there were no bandwagon people, and we had to sit around and talk about trophies and pat upon everybody knew what we were talking about. Yeah. Now it's all these fucking kids with their Call of Duty exclusive nuke towns. Get out! I was gonna read a bunch of tweets and Facebook posts from people. I think we discussed this enough, but I do want to read one from one Andy Cortez. Oh no! Who says? Wait, hold on. I'm sorry. Rooster Teeth, Andy Rooster Cortez? Teeth, Andy from Rooster Teeth, yeah. Um, I tweeted out, I was like, what do you guys think of this uh, PS Neo business? And he responds, I'm going to try to sell my PS4 to some loser that doesn't keep up with gaming news. And then immediately replied again, adding Nick Scarpino. Hey, Nick, are you in the market for a PS4? <laughs> Damn, Andy, good job. <laughs> oh, so that's amazing. All right, topic two. Star Fox Zero. I want to do a little review of this. Oh, we've been talking on Gamescast a lot about trying to. We, we always do our topics of should you play Kemba. this Can or, get another or whatever. Can I get a coffee? That'd be that'd be dope. Thank you. Whoa! Um, yeah, he drank out of it. I just need one. Thank you. My dog drank out of my water in my previous segment. Didn't see it. Go to YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny Games. So I, I want to start doing like quote unquote reviews more on Gamescast because we keep calling this should you play this and like people get all upset for that for some people reason. People on the internet mad. Really? They're just reviews. Like we're just doing review discussions. And the problem is we don't call them that because all of us don't play the games. But it's like, for example, last week you did Quantum Break. Yeah. That was your review. You know, us talking about Ratchet. That was our review. This is my review of Star Fox Zero and Star Fox Guard. 
All right. To a lesser so extent. now bring in the cool graphic package. <laughs> Shit's happening. So Star Fox Zero is a game that I have been waiting a decade for. I love Star Fox. It is one of my favorite franchises overall. Star Fox 64, one of my favorite games ever. Star Fox Assault, not a great game, but it's it has its moments that were really good. Um, some of the other ones were forgettable. Adventures was a spinoff, you know. I've been waiting for a console Star Fox experience for a very long time. The Wii never got one. I always wanted one, but it never happened. And then the Wii U, we finally, it was announced, and immediately it's like, damn it, this this looks off. From the first moment we're shown, I was like, this looks off. We finally have it, and there's been a question of, will it be okay? That's always been my thing, is will I have Because every time you've played it? it, and we've played it, we're like, the controls suck on this. Yep. And you kept saying, well, there has to be a way to turn it off. That's the thing, is there has to be a way to turn off this gyroscope stuff, and I have to be able to just play a Starbucks game. And you can't. No matter how many people have told me over the last six months that like, oh, Nintendo confirmed, you can turn it off. There is an option to turn it off, but it doesn't really turn it off. It only turns it off when you're not charging a laser, which in Star Fox, you're constantly charging lasers. That's not even my biggest problem with this game. My biggest problem with this game, because the thing with the gyro controls is they're horrible. They're absolutely horrible. This game feels like when you're you're playing a launch game that's trying to like take its advantage of the systems, like gimmick stuff that sure, of course. never really goes through. But it's like, it's a couple years late on that. If of this course. game launched the Wii U, I think it'd be a totally different story where it's like, all right, cool. They're going to get it next time. Exactly. It, but this is like, no, this is They'll what never they get this. No, it's done. And I just wish they didn't use star Fox to do it because I think this might be the death of the franchise. And I think that it's such a special franchise with such special characters and special gameplay that is unlike anything else that Nintendo provides and unlike anything else most other like devs do like like, there's not too many on rails shooters these days like arcade style games and Star Fox was always a a weird thing where it was a I don't want to say triple A game but it was like an A game you know but a beloved game it was a it was like a a B-rate game that they treated like it was an A-rate game. And I always appreciated that, where they created this world, and it was fun, and it was like, Katie, the whole game took you two hours, but that two hours was fun, and you wanted to replay it over and over and over, and the characters were awesome, and they meant something, and everything that they did and said, while corny, was the fun type of corny. Like, mm-hmm. it felt like a Saturday morning cartoon. And I wanted to know more about these characters. When I you play as the, the, the four main ones, you know them, you know, there's such archetypes that are just so like, there's the mentor, there's the annoying one. And then there's the kind of like asshole friend. That's classic. Great. We're good. Then you get all like, like Fox's friend, Bill or Falco's like girlfriend, cat, all these like little side characters that come up as you play. And it's like, it makes you feel like, man, there is a lot more here playing this game. I'm like, damn, you there's guys, nothing here. You, you missed out on what made this, this whole thing so good. And my biggest criticism of it, besides the, like the motion controls is that this isn't a sequel. It's a reboot, reimagining. I don't know. It's Star Fox 64 again. The story is the exact same story. The characters are the exact same characters, but the levels suck. The, they added gimmicks <laughs> and everything, and it doesn't work. And I just don't understand like what the, the real thought was besides let's, let's shoehorn the, the gyro controls and all this because the Wii U has a gamepad, so we need to do all that. Assault, for all of its faults, the foot missions being the biggest fault. Those sucked. They were atrocious. But the in-flight missions were awesome. They were just as good as the Star Fox 64 missions. And the story, they continued it. It had Crystal from Adventures, which it's a little bit divisive between people on whether or not they like that. But I like that it 
kept the story going and Pepe was like super old and like the, things happened in that game that felt real. There was emotional moments for, you know, animatronic a- animals. Like it's, yeah. it's ridiculous that they anamorphic. What's the word? Anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphic. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I remember assault being very special to me playing on the GameCube, looking and be like, damn, this is beautiful. Like I, this is what uh, this gen back then Star Fox game should look like. You play this one and it, it's it's kind of cute when you think of it as, oh, it's trying to mimic the N64, but that ends really fast sure. when you start to realize how empty everything is. And it's so much bigger because it's the Wii U, so the levels are way more wide and expansive, and there's a lot more of the all-range mode stuff where you're flying all over the place, but there's nothing going on. In Assault, there was a lot of stuff going on. There were so many enemies on screen at one time. Um, even in Star Fox 64... Like there was a lot going on and the paths that they brought you down brought you to groups of enemies that made sense. Like they made you feel like a badass flying that thing. You felt like you're flying an X-Wing. You know, it felt like you're playing an awesome Star Wars game that wasn't Star Wars. And it was more Saturday morning cartoon than Star Wars. And that's that's awesome. I remember playing 64 for the first time and I, I played the Super Nintendo version. But 64 was really when I was I fell in love with it. And the backstory they have of Fox's dad going out on this adventure and he died and Pigma betrayed him and all this stuff. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. This is deep. That's such a cool storyline and there's so much going on. And then for them to retread that again here, it's a step back in every way. Even so visually, I think the GameCube game looks better. The GameCube definitely sounds better. The GameCube game was one of the first times Nintendo ever had a fully orchestrated score in any game. Something they rarely do, even to this day. Like, they've done it with the, the Mario core games after Galaxy have started doing it. And that gives the games a level of polish, that Nintendo polish that people love. That's what they go to Nintendo games for. And it's it makes everything feel epic, and it gives it such, such, such meaning. And for a game that is based on Star Wars, you need that. This game, not any orchestration to be found. Mm. Not a single thing. It's all really shitty MIDI versions of songs we've heard before. or Some of the new songs are all right, but it's like... It never feels great. It feels like a budget game through and through the entire way. And I don't like that. The gyro stuff is bad. It's just simply bad. It doesn't control well. And the moments that you get it to work, it's kind of satisfying just in a very like physical way of like you, you're moving and when it, it happens, it's like any Wii game really when it, when it works, it's cool, but it doesn't work enough ever. And uh, the voice acting is not as memorable as it used to be. Some of it's all right. Do they have do a barrel roll in there? They do. Of course and, they and do. That's the, the biggest thing is like it's it's a retread in every way mm. where when things happen, it's not like, oh, yeah, nostalgia. Awesome. It's like, okay, this shit again. Like, I knew that was going to happen. I know this is going to go down. And um, the, but it's funny because as much of a retread as it is, it made everything worse. All of the levels have these gimmicks that just don't work. Like there's this level where you're in a, I don't remember what the fuck they call it, the Jimbo sphere or some shit. And like it, it finally changes the controls of the R wing. So it controls like a modern um, game where you can aim with the, the right stick, move with the left one strafe and all that stuff. And you're going through moving at snail pace. Like it's the slowest thing ever. And you have this little robot. You can go to disable computers and it's just tedious. It's not fun. I don't know why they'd think it's a good idea besides, oh, we have a screen on the controller, so we should probably use that for the robot. And it's just annoying, and it's not its not good at all. Then there'll be a moment where you're flying. And the flight missions are great. It's Star Fox. Finally, I'm getting what I want, and there'll be a moment of fun. There'll be a, like an epic 
battle that happens and then it's ruined by all right now you need to turn into you're using some other vehicle that you don't want to use and it's like they keep teasing you with all right it's almost going to get good this part was almost good and it never delivers Mm -hmm. up till the very end it never delivers Mm -hmm. there's one mission that i felt a level of holy shit this is great i've never experienced this in starbucks before and i think it's called gamma zone or something and it's they it goes super fast Like the entire thing is like faster than any Star Fox level has ever been. And it's fun. It reminds me of the last level of 64 when you're about to face Andros and you're going through and you're like dodging all this stuff. It's very much like the, the death star trench run. Sure. Where you're dodging the stuff and you're going through all this, all these um, things and there's enemies everywhere and it's exhilarating. It's good. It's making me feel something. And I feel like I'm actually in control of what's going on. And then it goes right back to some bullshit and slippy <laughs> some plan. I'm like, man, it's just, it's just disappointing because Star Fox deserves better than this. And people have hated on the franchise for a long time um, because it, it's made some missteps with, with things and command on DS was bad. Um, I don't like it. It has some people that really love it. I don't understand it. It was based on Star Fox two, which is a super Nintendo game that never actually came out, but it was essentially finished. Um, and that's where way slower paced and more. It's a strategy game almost where you like, you kind of draw on the DS, like the path you want to go. And I didn't like that. Um, but I loved assault for its good parts. I hated assault for the, the on foot missions, but it never, the franchise has never lived up to 64. And what's most disappointing is it had an excellent port on the 3DS for Star Fox 64 3DS, which upped the visuals, they get all new voice cast and all this stuff. And that game exists. So I don't know why this game needs to exist. Exactly. I don't know why this game needs to be a remake of that game, but worse when that was a couple years ago. And it's very unfortunate because I think this might be the death of the franchise. And I don't see Nintendo going back because people are going to be upset about this. And then it also comes with the pack in that Star Fox guard which to me is almost an insult. The game's not bad. Guard, it's a fun little diversion. What is it? It's a, do you remember years ago when they first talked about the Wii U, there was a, a demo called like giant, giant tech robots, I think it was. And it looks like a bunch of security cameras on the gamepad. I don't know if I remember And you cycle, one. or on the screen, and then you cycle through, and it's like, it's a tower defense game. Things are coming at you, and then you need to switch between different security cameras to like And attack. drop what you're putting in, okay. It's fun. You know, in a, this is kind of just a diversion, sure. whatever. Like all the other mobile games you play. Exactly. That's the thing, though. It's a mobile game. I don't need Star Fox and Slippy's, I think, dad, Grippy. Don't need that That's shit. That's a good name, though, for his dad. Come on now. <laughs> it's my dude, Grippy. What yeah. up, Grippy? Kung Fu Grip. Um, I wanted this game to be good, and it's not quite as bad as the Tony Hawk 5 fiasco. Tony Hawk 5 is a horrendous game that I wanted to But this is to just like. a game with only four seconds of fun in it. It's not four seconds. It's more than that, but it's not good. I don't recommend playing this for okay. sure. Um, even as a Star Fox fan, it's not. I don't think it's worth your time. Um, At this point, do you wish they would have just game. stopped? They would that Star Fox would have been on yeah. sixty four, and they would have been like, "We're done." Well, I know not. I wouldn't go that far because I liked Assault um, and Adventures too, but that, like, that's a different story. But with this, I wish this game didn't exist. Like I wish because again, I think that this is going to kill everything, and that sucks. Because there's so much potential with it. But, but it's, that's the whole thing. Do you think it can be killed? Star Fox is a thing. I mean, d- Google had its own do a barrel roll thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's a, it is a established thing, whether it was ever a AAA game or not, right? You figure now they come out, they put this game out, and like, I really do feel that like the Wii U, in, I mean, like midway through the Wii and Wii U, was Nintendo kind of marching off the path, right? Of just like, well, we're doing this and we're doing these cool things and you'll get the Metroid game you really want. But for right now, here's this thing. And it's like, 
if NX is what NX what we want it to be, if NX can be what we want NX to be, it's going to be similar to the PlayStation 4's diversion back, right? Of like, we make games, we're good at that. Sorry, we kind of forgot that and got into gimmicky shit. Here is a Star Fox you want. Here is a Metroid you want. Here is a, I don't know, you know. I and the biggest compliment I can give this game is that it it is a B level game, and I miss that. I miss playing a game and being like, you this. miss those mediocre games. But, but I mean, it's not so much even mediocre. I'm talking about just like production budget and like just like level of what it is. This isn't a game that is 20 hours long. It's a you're supposed to beat it in a couple hours. Yeah, and I miss it. Playing it, it reminded me of a different time. It reminded me of two generations ago where there was the big the God of Wars, but then there was also just other random shit to do. Yeah, um, and so that's cool, but. You know, it, it's not good enough. And that's the problem is they, they're fucking it up. They're not like taking advantage of what could be a really cool niche for Nintendo to film. And like they, they shoehorn gimmicks. I think if this game, even if this game could turn off the motion controls, I don't think that would have fixed it. Yeah. Like it, it, Cause it's not the game you want, right? There's it's other not the dog fighting it. fun, frantic here. I'm Star Fox. Yeah. There's, there's some of it. There's just not enough of it. So do you think this has anything to do with the car Fox from Carfax? No, I don't think so. Just like, I just want to, yeah, could be brand confusion there. Yeah, people probably, really yeah. like him. He's on an upswing. He's doing some. Cause nice. remember when the car Fox from Carfax was just a stupid puppet. And then he's all of a sudden became like a CGI Fox and people were like, fuck this car Fox. He's it's got like a the general. Yeah. Oh man. The general when the general. Yeah. Eagle man never made that jump, but the general sure did. Mm-hmm. Order the general. Save some time. Ladies and gentlemen, this topic brought to you by... By general insurance. <laughs> no, definitely not. This topic brought to you by Pro Flowers. Mom has always been an expert on everything, whether it's cooking, relationship advice, fixing your cuts and bruises. If you have a question, like, do jeans count as business casual? How quickly does chicken thaw? How do I do my taxes? The one thing you can't go to her for advice on is what to get her for Mother's Day. Not to worry... You'll look like an expert on Mother's Day when you use Pro Flowers. Pro Flowers takes the guesswork out of sending mom, grandma, or wife the perfect Mother's Day gift. Pro Flowers are guaranteed to be fresh and beautiful for at least seven days or your money back. You can get mom 100 blooms with a free glass vase for $19.99 plus shipping and handling, or make your day extra special and upgrade to a premium vase and add gourmet chocolates for just $9.99. You're going to want to do that because they like gourmet chocolate. chocolate. Visit proflowers.com, click the blue microphone in the top right corner, and type in KF Games. Remember, Mother's Day is right around the corner. Order today because this offer expires this Friday. Oh my uh, gosh. Or next Friday, depending on the show. When they listen to it. When, when you're Fucking listening Friday. to this. Just order your mom some goddamn flowers. Yeah. Got a wife? Code. Order KF that. Games. Got a girlfriend? You guys share an animal? Get her flowers share an too. Animal. Oh, yeah. Oh, I got what you're saying. All right. Moving on to the next topic. Uh, moving on. We are talking about the Nintendo NX. Throw them up. There's been more rumors, guys. Thank you, Kev. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Tim. Yeah. So, I was thinking about NX recently. Big oh, what surprise. a surprise. You're an NX's biggest fanboy, remember? I am NX's biggest fanboy. Even though um, you were the first one to sell it up the river when you thought that controller was real. Oh, yeah. Well, pff, fuck that. That's some, that's some Star Fox Zero garbage. <laughs> um, so, this is mind-blowing to me that we are months away. Like, not even months. Like, month and a half away. From hearing about this NX, oh, probably that's how close E3 we're going to assume is. it's at E3, right? Oh no, that's exciting times. Rumors are in freaking full bloom right now. It's like they went to proflowers.com. Shit's popping up everywhere. Neil Gaff is ablaze. This dude named 10K comes through, starts dropping all these bombs, talking about how the NX is going to be more powerful than PS4 and this and that, whatever. Then someone else comes in, forgot his name. Things like which PS4? 
dun, 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 dun. Not bad Neo shit, though. I'll tell you that much. But this dude comes in, he's like, no, nah, like you're, he's quoting me using sources that are totally not right. Like he's using me as a source when I use someone else as a source. Like you can't do that. Whatever. Um, 10K gets banned from Neo Gaff. Damn Gaff. Yeah. He'll be back. I think it is band's up back. in like up in June. Um, so th- there's that. He's suspended, I guess is the right, okay, way, thank right you. way to put it. Without anyway, pay. then one Emily Rogers comes through. Who is a well-known source. Mm-hmm. And the Nintendo exactly. She's sphere. been she's been talking about NX for a long time, and she writes some stuff. And I want I want to read this. It's a little lengthy, but I think it's very interesting. Let's go. I'm gonna kick up my heels. Instead of focusing our attention solely on hardware, we should really be having a discussion about NX's software. Based on things I've heard, I'm 100 percent confident that the NX's software output will blow away the Wii U software output (parentheses), which was never impressive to begin with. That sounds like some talk shit gets shot stuff that I do not agree with. But all right, In the a output single year, you really like. Don't get me wrong. Did the Wii U have good games? Yes, the Wii U had good games. Great games. I'm not saying that. The, but you're saying the output of the Wii U was great. All right. If you're talking about output, about... Which is literally what she's talking yes, about. Yes, I know, but she's talking shit about the Got your back, library. Emily Rogers. She's what talking up? about the library. What up, Emily? In a single year, the NX will build a larger library of games than Wii U produced in three or four years. This isn't some hyperbolic statement. This isn't speculation nor blind optimism. These aren't my personal fan wishes either. Furthermore, my negative feelings toward the Wii U have zero influence on any of the information mentioned below. Here's what I've been told by my sources close to Nintendo. Reggie. The big fundamental focal point and overall goal behind NX is to vastly increase the software output from Nintendo's first party teams and studios. Hell yeah. To accomplish this, the entire process of how Nintendo develops and produces software has gone through radical changes. There's a new strategy that was put in place to create and release first-party software at a faster rate. Multiple unannounced Wii U projects were moved over to NX. The NX could potentially see the highest output of first-party software in the company's history. I'm talking about the entire lifespan of NX, not just one or two years. Now, there are a few things that need to be mentioned here. Reminder, a new process slash strategy doesn't necessarily mean the software won't ever be delayed or there won't ever be gaps between releases. There's no perfect strategy that will prevent delays if a project requires more polish or if a project just isn't coming together as the company had hoped. Also, the company does Nintendo Direct, so it's unknown how much software will be revealed at E3 this year. For example, Bayonetta 2 wasn't announced until three months after E3 2012. Games like Xenoblade Chronicles X, Yoshi's Whirly World, and Wind Waker HD weren't revealed until the January 2013 Direct, two months after the Wii U launched. So it's possible that Nintendo may save some game announcements for later events after E3. I highly doubt that we'll see them bust their entire load at E3. Whoa. With that said, the NX definitely won't be the shit show that we experienced on Wii U with three-month droughts on a regular basis, at least not when it comes to first-party support. Then she goes into this whole thing about uh, denouncing some of the 10Ks rumors about its power level and how um, one of the rumors was that it's the, the portable aspect of it was sure. going to use pretty much like remote play but like a stronger better version of it and the technology they use for streaming games from the tv to the gamepad so that you can take your game with you anywhere and yeah. she's just like no that's that's not, impossible that's totally not right and someone from nintendo laughed at that <laughs> yeah so that's kind of where laugh. that's where that's at what do you guys take from this i hope she's right i think that'd be cool if nx came out and was like we've got it on lock Here's all the, and, and uh, again, like she's saying, not the E3 announcement, but the, in, within that first year, they're like, guess how many games we've put out? You know what I mean? Like we're committed to this. This is the whole thing. And it would speak to what I keep talking about with NX and like what Col- people try to attack Colin for. And he'll be like, no, like the, if this is, a, the, the, I still don't think Nintendo has the goodwill or the support of third parties. 
And I think that could come with the NX being successful. But can a Nintendo system be successful with just Nintendo behind it? Colin's always quick to point out, no, look at the Wii U. That's exactly what's happened here, right? And it was, it was a failure. It did not do well. It didn't. It had great games, mm-hmm. some great games, mm-hmm. but not enough to move units to get in everybody's house, right? Yeah. If NX can come out and be like, we're this, where this cross-platform thing goes your TV, take it on the road with you. We got a Mario launch, the Skyward, or not Skyward Sword, uh, Zelda, whatever they're calling it, has been ported over, and it's this, that, and the other. Like, get it in the units, get people excited, get the units out to people's uh, houses, and they're excited about it. Then you get third parties to come in. Then, but it would need to be this. Where Nintendo has to be like, we are all in on this. This is not some weird thing we're toying around with. This is not us testing the waters. This is our future. Is the NX, and we are all in. Here's all these games for it. So a couple questions with that. So with the the thing about the the Nintendo games not selling the console or whatever, I wonder if it would have been a different story if the Wii U didn't have such droughts in between releases, and if there was, in addition to the great games the Wii U has, more real core games. Like the, if there was a 3D Mario, and if yep. there was a a real Zelda sooner, you sure. know, and a Metroid game. Like I wonder if those would have been enough. Hundred percent based on Mario Kart and, and Smash and whatever. It seems like it wouldn't be, but. Those are kind of big emissions. So I don't know if we've ever seen a, a console generation where we've had enough of that to be well, able that, And that's to, what this would say. be, though. This would be them coming out of the gate firing on all cylinders. Here are the games you want. Here mm-hmm. is the real Metroid game you want. Here is not obviously here, but for to, argument's sake, here's the real Star Fox game you want. Yeah. So then my, my other thing after that, when it comes to third parties, like I agree, like Nintendo needs the third parties to be able to compete on that level with PS4.5 and Xbox. Um but I don't, can that ever happen? Like, Colin, like, what do you think in terms of third party games being on Nintendo? They're always going to be outshined by what Nintendo does. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the brilliance of Nintendo's development, though. The Nintendo games have always been, um, with the exception of maybe, like, maybe the SNES and the NES, like, Nintendo's games have always really stood head, head and shoulders, I think, above all the other games on their consoles, especially with N64, I think, and, and GameCube to a degree, Wii to a high degree, and Wii U, I think, to a definitive degree. Um, the thing that she says that really I question, even though I, Emily Rogers is very well connected, I think she says what she hears, and I think she has very, very great, you know, great connections. Um, and Nintendo is the the prolific output of of NX. I believe that the NX will have a lot of Nintendo games on it. I think it's not going to be like the Wii U, but I think specifically about the NES and how, like, you know, with the licensing limitations for for publishers on the NES, with only five games per publisher per year allowed, Nintendo really did have to release a lot of games, and they published a lot of games. Um, on the NES, I don't know if it's the most of any of their consoles. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know for sure. My assumption would be that actually DS probably had the most Nintendo published things. Um, but uh, the NES specifically launch games. I mean, it was like a fucking million of them. No, almost no one was making games for the NES except for the except for Nintendo for a couple of years. So, um, so to me, like I question whether that's really going to pan out or not. Um, but the, to the point she's making, like my assumption is the NX is definitely more powerful than the PS4. I would fucking hope so. You know, since it's coming out three years after the PS4, if it was on par or weaker than the PS4, man, you have some fucking problems. That'd be Wii U again. Yeah. Like, um, so th- it's good that they're forward thinking in that way. She wasn't saying that though. As far as I understand, that's what that he was, was saying. That was one of the things she was debunking? Yeah. And, and, but she was oh, just saying okay. that it wasn't, that wasn't confirmed from the source or that source ah. wasn't valid. Well, it's I'll not just, that it's not true. I'll but. reiterate that it better be. Like the PS4 is not a very powerful machine, so it's it's by 2016 standard, it's not like this behemoth of power and, and no one can top this. Um, and as per like you know IPs that are going to be available, I, I still say Metroid's clearly going to be a launch game. Um, Retro's been kind of quiet, and Metroid's been quiet, and I think that you know um, after Tropical Freeze, so I, I assume that that's what they're working on. Um, so, but to Greg's point and the point I've made, like they do need to engender third party support, and my assumption is that they're trying, and I'm sure that they are going to have third party launch games. It's just a matter of 
Are they ports of games like the Wii U was with you know, Mass Effect 3 and, and Arkham and all these kinds of weird-ass fucking games? Like, why are these games even on this console? They have to get more games, I hate to say, like Zombie U or something that were that were at least exclusive for a time for the console, and they need to get a few of those. And they need to get a few of those regularly because it is true that the proof, it, it's already out there. Like, a Nintendo, like, there's a, there's a fucking contradiction that a lot of people just ignore where people are like, well, people only buy, we, you know, Nintendo products for Nintendo games. And I'm like, well, that's clearly not fucking true. So let's, 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 let's stop saying that, you know, like, but, like, I mean, but what I'm saying is I was like, what if that is true? They just haven't had Nintendo didn't make those games for the Wii U. But they did make those games for the Wii U. I mean, the Mario I mean, Kart, Mario Kart is fucking huge. Smash Brothers too. I mean, what game are they going to make other than a 3D Mario game that's going to sell I mean, more I, than I those? I think it's the the Mario or the Zelda. But Zelda you know? games, I mean, Zelda games don't sell that well. So it's 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 similar. They sell better than Metroid games. But, but I think it's they sell thing. consoles though. I think that's the the difference is they might not sell that well, but they, the the attach rate, I'd assume. The attach is, rate will be very high. I mean, the attach rate of Mario Kart is 50% or something yeah, like that. Maybe more. is insane. Like, the amount of people that own Splatoon compared to having Wii U's is mind-blowing. So to me, but but to me, it's like this is a small and shrinking audience. And no matter how good the games are, Splatoon, as good as it is on Wii U, probably would have sold even way better if it was on PS4 and Xbox One. So you have to look at, like, Nintendo's ability to just push hardware because people just don't believe in it. It's weak. It's gimmicky. Traditionally, it's weak. Traditionally, it's gimmicky. And traditionally, it only has Nintendo games. And if you can't rely on a, on, a, on a prolific output, I mean, the output needs to... She was talking about three-month gaps. I feel like the gaps with quality products on Wii U have been longer than that. And I think that for them to really survive, they're going to need a Nintendo A or AAA game like every month, month and a half. And it's like, are you with their limited studio... I mean, they have a big first party, but like, there's not enough resources for them to do that. They need to have third-party support because... A game as great as Smash Brothers, a game as great as Mario Kart, a game as great as some of these Mario games that they released or whatever, not that they released a true 3D Mario game. I'm assuming that will obviously be a launch game as well. Um, to me, it's like you have to have more than that. Nintendo can't sell hardware based on its own games anymore, which is why they should just become a publisher. So I'm interested to see um, how the NX does. I'm I'm kind of indifferent to it. Like I root for it in the sense that I just it's hard to believe Nintendo couldn't be a hardware manufacturer, but it's also like you kind of just want them to just fucking eat some crow and like finally put their fantastic games in places that people can play them. I mean, I agree with you. Like if I had control, I would just make that happen. And Nintendo would just make games for other consoles and it would just be a done deal. It's not going to happen now. So I'm rooting for the NX. I want this to to happen. And what excites me is this talk about consolidating the teams. And we've heard a lot about restructurings at Nintendo. So like the, the EAD team supposedly like is renamed is different now. It's not even just the, the them making console games. It's the 3DS teams and the the Wii U teams are, are now going to be working together on as making games. And I think that, that that to me is exciting because for at least a couple of years, like early on, the Wii U and the 3DS had great games. There was big gaps, but when you combined the two, because most people look at Nintendo fans as yeah. Nintendo fans, not necessarily Wii U fans or 3DS fans. Right. It's like there was a good solid stream coming divided across two things, which is not ideal. If we get that output on both both on the NX, I think that's great. That's a great thing. Add on some third party support, add on some other things. And what's really exciting to me is something Nintendo's not always done, but since the the GameCube era where they partner they trust third parties. And I think that a, a great way to use third parties is to make Nintendo games. There's no limit to the amount of Nintendo games they can make. They have so many franchises that can have so many spinoffs and so much shit. You see F-Zero, right? They worked with Sega to make it on GameCube. Smash Bros. with Bandai. Namco. Um, Star Fox now with Platinum. Like They're working with other groups, and I think that that's good. I think that they need to make more Nintendo games happen. 
you know, like create yeah. a, a series of things coming out. And I think that by trusting Capcom to make a Zelda game, you know, like they did with Oracle mm-hmm. of Ages and Seasons, I think that is a good way to get shit happen, be more prolific and get all of that rolling. But I don't know. Yeah, I think that, I mean, to your point, I mean, working with third parties, really, they need second party support. Um, which is basically what those studios became and those publishers became when they were making, you know, IP exclusive Nintendo. So even even Smash Brothers with Namco, um, kind of working in the capacity of a second party, and that's what and that's what they need. They need to. I agree. They need to spend money. They're not to spend a lot of money. Like the, the NX is going to be a big investment for them if they if they treat this thing like a Wii U and have a, an output like Wii U and the games like Wii U. It's it's going to fail and like yeah. it's going to fail quickly. And I really just I contest the notion that Nintendo can rebound like i just don't know that it's gonna happen like i don't know i don't care how good this thing is like i just don't know Mm -hmm. like i just people kids today play a lot of pc games a lot of phone games um hardcore gamers are content with their xbox ones and their ps4s and pc gamers are pc gamers and they're doing their thing like it's like where where does this thing fit to get your nintendo fix you're gonna have to have a nintendo console but again we already knew that and it didn't matter i mean the wii u is barely selling better than the vita I mean, that's just the, that's just the reality of the, of the situation. And it's a Nintendo product. It's not a fucking, you know, handheld. It's their it's their it's supposed to be their flagship. So I need to see more. I need to hear more. I'm so, I mean, as interested as I am in Neo and some of the upcoming games that are coming out for you know various consoles. I mean, this is the fucking this is the one I, I like. I need to see this. Yeah. And I don't care what they you. say, because when we actually I do care in the sense that like when they announced Wii U, I was like, this thing's trash. I mean, this thing's so obviously trash. And there were people that were really holding on to the hope that that it was going to be more than that. And so with this new thing, I hope the fidelity is great. I hope the hardware is fantastic. I hope they're willing to charge a pretty penny for it. If they have to, to say like, we're a different kind of Nintendo, but I just don't know that they are a different kind of Nintendo. And eventually yeah. I think that ultimately they're going to be making games for others. And I think they have to swallow their pride and they should just do it already. And I think that when they do it, they will be pleasantly surprised how much Mario sells. If they can sell 5 million copies of Mario Kart on a Wii U with an install base of 12 million, how many can they sell on PS4 and Xbox one and PC? I bet you more like 20 or 25 million. You know, so um, worth noting that that's a possibility. And then they can get rid of all this hardware architecture that they have to do this R&D. This so big time. You know, this these are sunken costs for this company. They, they're spending billions of dollars probably on this shit. They just be like, we don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, we these guys make consoles. Let's get in the bed with them and fucking make great games for them. We are a game maker. It's yeah. OK. That's OK. You know, like let these other guys, these fools fucking don't waste worry their money about on hardware. the stigma Sega put on it. You can make it good. <laughs> Nintendo can totally do it. Yeah, hundred percent. To be to be optimistic about it right now, like just looking at the NX. And again, there's for, as far as I'm concerned, there's no reason to be anything but optimistic until they crush our dreams. Like until until they come out and like I it, I know what this is. I hope I'm hoping that it's good. And I think that there's a lot of good signs that point to it potentially being aimed towards something like we want. And I, I think a, a big arrow towards that is the fact that we look at the the Wii U's output this year and the 3DS's output this year and we're getting things like Star Fox that they're just they're rushed jobs like as long like they could have been delayed and it could have been taken forever but it's still rushed it's still just like here's here's a something here's something to have you look at the 3DS and the, the games coming out for it over the next year and they're all either localizations or games that are using pre-existing engines or stuff like that I'm not saying they're bad but the things like the Metroid Federation Force or Zelda, the Triforce Heroes or whatever, it's like, all right, they're smaller titles. It's just here's it's not the, the real stuff, quote unquote. Um, and I think that that's aiming towards something, you know, like it's it's says a lot that they released a shitty Animal Crossing 
party game on the Wii U instead of an Animal Crossing game. Mm-hmm. You know, is there an NX one? And I like all she's talking about about the the a lot of Wii U projects were moved over to NX. Good. Like let's let's start fresh. Let's get this fucking right this time. Have a year one that has most of the temples oh you want. Oh yeah. my god, that would be amazing. Like yeah. I, I can't believe what she's saying about in the first year it's going to have more than, more than three. That. And That's four. a lot. Um, but I do think that it doesn't need to be more. It just needs to be, be the right uh, ones. The right ones. Right. And and that is that will be enough to get me super excited about this this whole thing. This all these rumors actually for the first time ever made me really think about the the handheld um, console hybrid thing. And like, I don't know if, if that is what I want. Really? Yeah. Cause like, like when we just said animal crossing, I was like, fuck if I had an animal crossing that, yeah, tomorrow I could toss into my bag and like, and like, not that the 3ds one wasn't a real one. Right. But I'm talking about in the moment, you know, it looks good. Right. I can put on my TV when I get home. Mm-hmm. Cause that's the thing right now, totally ignorant of like what it's going to look like, how it's going to be. Dah, dah, dah. If we're talking about this NX, we're talking about this hybrid thing. NX would become a handheld for me. With, and then it would be like the games I'm really hooked on I'd come home and play but like the ability to toss a new Mario game in a new Zelda game in a new yeah. you know uh, Animal Crossing into my bag t- tonight for tomorrow and play that on the plane and be like fuck yeah that'd be awesome yeah see my thing with that is that would be awesome I am concerned that that's impossible I'm concerned oh no no no, that- no 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 to be very clear I agree with you. What does the HUD look like? How did, how am I able to read anything on the screen? The, the processing buttons, power. Like, XX, and, and it goes on and on and on. It needs to match. Because my thing is, if it doesn't match, I'd rather just, just focus on one of them. Even if it means there is no portable, which is blasphemy for Nintendo. Yeah. You know? Totally. But it's like, if they take all of the talent that is put into 3DS games, which there is a lot of, and move them onto NX games, same thing with Wii U, and they're all working on this stuff. And then there's the... The phones, they're working on phone mobile games as that is what handhelds are and that's their future. I think that's a very bold move that I might be wrong. It might not pay off, but I think that that's the right way to make console Nintendo a thing again. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Also just, launch with a Mario Golf. Don't think that'll happen. One million sold day but one. The the shared library thing is, is what concerns me because it if it is a portable hybrid thing, like the games need to be right on both and it, it needs to not be a lesser experience or if it is a lesser experience an understandably lesser experience like if games were similar like how smash bros was i'm almost okay with that yeah it's pretty much there having said that those are two different games like that that's an issue if we're already having problems with nintendo putting out enough games now like them having to make two totally different versions of games that's not gonna fly of course let me see where are we at I believe we're at the final topic. We are at the final topic. Before we get to the final topic, I want to give a shout out to Steven Insler, our Patreon producer. What up, Steven? Shout out to Steven Insler. He went over to patreon.com slash kind of funny games to support this show, make this show happen. He's a big, beautiful kid, and I love him. Love him a lot. Final topic of the day, as always, brought to you by the kind of funny forums. Go to kindoffunny.com slash topic to leave your topic, and we'll get to it just like we're doing right now with Antonio Laurana. Antonio. He says, hola from Bolivia. Hola from Bolivia. That means hi from Bolivia, Kevin. Oh. Kevin, can you, is, can you translate? Is that correct? No. <laughs> <laughs> if you could exchange a first-party IP or first-party studio of equal value that would benefit more between PlayStation and Xbox, who would you pick? So it was a trade. Yeah, it's something for something, mm-hmm. and it can be an IP or a developer, but they have to be equal. Mm. Correct? I'm yes. reading the question yes. right. Well, hot off the heels of Quantum Break, I would want Remedy to make a PlayStation game, and I feel like a good trade. Well, Remedy's not first party though. Is that was that what he said? Yeah, I thought it was exclusive. My apologies. Yeah, it's first party. Oh, 
Um, can I cheat? Well, then how about this? Then here, I'll give you a real answer. Then I'll do two second parties. How about that, Colin? Mm-hmm. Remedy, because they're in this deal with Microsoft all the time when they're making these exclusive games. And then I'll t- I, they can have Quantum Break. We'll flip flop for Quiet. that dream. What did I say? Quantum Break. God, I'm fucking up. You know exactly what I meant. Got it. We're on the same way. You're yeah. with me. Yes. That would be that Quantic Dream. I still want Detroit before it goes. That's announced and done. Because mm-hmm. I already got Quantum Break on this side. Give me Detroit on the other side. Then we get a flip flop to go over there and do it. PlayStation. But now we we'll go triple. Now we're going triple. We're going triple. We're going exclusives. PlayStation gets Gears of War. Xbox gets. Starhawk. <laughs> what a perfect exclusive one for one trade. I'd say, I mean, taking the the studios out of it because I think that like boils or like complicates. So we talk about right. IPs then. Yeah, just talking about IPs. What would be interesting? Well, here's like, a question then, and this is embarrassing. I don't know this, but I guess does is State of Decay owned by Microsoft, Colin, or is that? Because I know Undead Labs, Undead Labs does it. They're not a first party for Microsoft. Yeah, State of Decay, I think, is a is an IP that Microsoft. Owns. All right, good. I want that IP. And what will I give them in return? Give me a second. <laughs> Tokyo Jungle, Medieval. I'm thinking of a good downloadable IP. You know what I mean? A game that's not AAA. Something in the middle here. The Last Guy. No one takes the last guy. We desperately need another last guy. No one takes no the one last gets, guy. No one ever gets the last guy. Undead Labs, they're up and coming. They're making this game. State of Decay. It's a song thing. You run around. You have a lot of fun with it. Next question. I'll stew in this for a second. Hmm. Just games. I want to trade just up for a one-off Master Chief Collection for Nathan Drake Collection. I think that'd be cool. And entice motherfuckers to play some good-ass games. Okay. Dutch Best Friend is his name. Oh, you're going to like this one, Greg. Hey, coolste Gaston in video games. It's Dutch. Boy. Don't know that's a real language. Do you guys ever think it'll be possible to sell your, di- sell your digital games to other consumers? Maybe by giving a percentage of the selling price to the developer slash publisher. Although, why would a publisher do this if they can sell the game full price? Thanks, guys, and keep the content coming. No. 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 I mean, if anybody's going to do it, it'd be Steam, but I mean... No, they're not going to do that. Yeah, because they want you to buy full price Steam games. Yeah, this yeah. whole this whole emphasis on digital licenses and use is so dumb. I don't get. Like, I just don't get who this benefits other than just GameStop. <laughs> you know, or someone that's trying to get in. It's like, who else does this benefit? The publishers and developers are never going to go for that. Yeah, ever make no sense. Ever. Ben Hamilton UK says Dead Nation. State of decay for Dead oh, Nation. Oh, you're crazy. What the fuck's wrong with you? All right, next. <laughs> Have you ever found a game so difficult or frustrating that you've given up early on? Which games? If so, do you think developers should make an effort to make games more accessible and less frustrating so more people enjoy more of the content? Do you think it's possible for a game to be too hard by design to its detriment? I think hard and frustrating are different different aspects of games. The, I agree, and I think the game that comes to mind, because I often talk about how games just aren't that hard anymore, and if you, you can just really beat any game you want as long as you put your mind to it, which is not really the case when we were younger. Yeah. Um, the one the one game that I remember, and I, and I reviewed it, if I remember correctly, based on like me playing it the same two stages or so over and over again, not being able to get it past it was under siege on PS3. Do you remember that game? I do. That game was fucking ridiculous. I remember I remember I think it was a strategy game of some sort. And it was a long time ago when I played it. But I remember I remember being so, I was like, this game fucking is so hard. Like I, I remember looking at it being like, I don't even understand how you how, how you do this. <laughs> like like I, I remember playing it for like days and being like, how the fuck are you supposed to even play this? Um 
And I think, if I remember correctly, the, the devs like patched it to make it easier because it was ridiculous. And uh, so that was the one game where I'm like, I don't know that I can even be, but I don't remember ever really encountering a game where I'm like, it's like that fucking hard. What about World of War? World of War on yeah. veteran was ridiculous. Um, I probably could have done it had I really just stayed the course, but I was like, why would I bother doing this? But there are some games that are too hard that ramp. I think the bigger thing is the art of ramping difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's a hard, and that's usually comes from play testing and, 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 you know, getting outside perspectives on your games. But I do think that, yeah, under siege is that PS3. Game. I was like, well, fuck this game. I was talking about Deadpool and that PS3 Deadpool that also came to Xbox and then made the recent jump to PS4, Xbox one as well. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was similar to what you're talking about with Star Fox a while back. That it was a B game, and it knew it was a B game, and it was an Activision cash in, but it had Nolan North, and it was being true to the character, and it was before the movie. So I mean, it was like, oh, he's cursing and talking about sex and stuff. This is fun, and it was a fun ride, fun ride, fun ride. And then that last fucking stage, the Jesus. difficulty exploded to where I was having such a great time playing with it for like two nights, and then I got there, and like after like 15 minutes, it was getting fucked over and over, and I was like, fuck this game, and took it out and went to Twitter and said, fuck this game. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I had so much fun yeah. with it, but fuck this very this ending. What are they doing? Yeah, I've seen a lot of people with Quantum Break about that. That was a big question. About oh, that they final didn't boss, like the final boss. Where I had no problem with it, but I saw McCaffrey uh, just put up an unlocked where he was complaining about it too. That yeah. it's got it stuck for him. There was I, I don't remember exactly when it was. It was early on in the game in Devil May Cry Two, which not a great game, but I didn't know at the time. Um, and it, it there was a boss that was just like it had some like one hit kill move that was just unpredictable and it just yeah. kept happening. I'm like, this isn't hard. This is bullshit. Yeah, yeah, that's always the one. So right? mad at it for so long. Yeah, yeah, when there's no real rhyme or reason to why you're getting fucked over, that's the most annoying thing. Yeah. So should developers make games less hard? No, I don't think so. Oh, make them harder. They should, <laughs> but definitely less frustrating. Frustrating. That's not. That's not a good game. R- Rhymnosaurus says hey dudes been listening for a while first post ever what are your best memories you have of getting a new console i'll never forget coming home from kindergarten and watching my brother play mario 64 for the first time or my grandmother coming over in 2001 because she had just found a purple keebler cookie and had won something called a nintendo cube that she wanted to give me what consoles stick out for you love everything you do keep up the what great she work. would have eaten the purple cookie and you never would have known been ridiculous honestly the reason i chose this question because we've we've answered this yeah. many times but it was the keeper story that's really good one, yeah yeah i was talking about my ps2 story being a big deal where i knew i was going to do that so i took a job at walmart over the summer would go over to best buy on my breaks because i hated the job at walmart and would buy dvds and then just sit and look at them in the car mm. and then put them on my shelf and then be like i can't wait to watch these special features and waiting in line nine hours at Meyer to fucking buy my playstation 2 or whatever and taking it home and all that stuff but a, one a more a more rare one i guess was my nintendo 64 where i wanted that for christmas uh it was, and it was like i was in freshman year of high school so like it was like you know i knew I, my parents were probably gonna get it. it was the only like thing i was asking for or whatever but they did like the christmas story thing where i opened up my other presents and didn't get it and i was like ah oh, that sucks whatever and then they sent me downstairs or something when i came back up it was on the hall tree i was like ah oh, that's pretty good yeah i've i've tried to tell stories i haven't told already yeah, my, it's tough, right? <laughs> my Nintendo, the NES, I got it. It was my second console I ever got. I got, got the Super Nintendo first, and I got it at a garage sale for $7, and I got my Nintendo and 20 games. This is Kev's mom, right? Uh, I thought this was a well, story she, tied to her. Oh, she would. did I tell the story before? Yeah. Damn. But oh, it might have been an exclusive why, or whatever. Maybe. She took us to the garage sale. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was, the, it was the biggest come up I've ever had. It was 20 games, and we're talking everything. All the Marios, Ninja Turtles. Um, all the Zeldas for seven Metroid, bucks, seven dollars. Damn, there was like two zappers. I don't even know why I needed that. There was like four controllers. Why? It was like just ridiculous. So that was amazing. And um, the other one would be my GameCube, where I bought it, and it was a. Uh, I didn't have the money. Like I didn't think I was going to be able to get it day one, yeah. so it wasn't pre-sale or anything. Or pre-ordered, and I went to Toys R Us because like last minute I 
scrapped up enough where I was like, fuck, I can get this. Um, I knew Melee was right around the corner. I'm like, this needs to happen. And I went and obviously wanted the jet black because I don't want this fucking indigo bullshit. Purple garbage. <sighs> the last black sells out right before me. I'm like, damn it. And then I had that hard decision of what do I do? But guess what, Greg? You got that indigo. I got that indigo. Got a can of black, black spray paint for 99. I ain't fucking waiting. But yeah, that shit drove me nuts for years because Curran had the black one. And then he had the cool, cool one. I had the black one as well. No big deal. Um, I think I've told the story about NES, SNES, N64, Genesis, PS1, PS2, GameCube. I don't think I told him the story about how I got my Xbox. Um, it was summer 2003. Uh, IGN wanted me to write a strategy guide for KOTOR, mm. and I didn't have an Xbox. So they paid me uh, a bunch of money for like my fee, and then they bought me money to go buy an Xbox. Um, and I went to Best Buy to buy it. Um, and I remember I went to the bank to like cash a check and I had like an IGN envelope that they would pay me in like that with the old IGN silver logo on it. And I remember just taking the cash out because I didn't have a, I don't know, like I never had like $400 or whatever the fuck cost, $250, whatever it was. I mean, at one time, I remember the guy saw the IGN logo and was like, oh, that's pretty cool, whatever. And I was like, yeah, just, and I bought the console and I bought Halo because um, KOTOR was coming like the next day. And I, play, I remember playing Halo and being like, this game's fucking awesome. Um, not really expecting it and and then went on and played the, the Return to Castle Wolfenstein and some other games that summer. But that was that was how I got my Xbox. And it was that fall that I actually really started playing games online for the first time when I went to college and I had a T1 connection um, playing Rainbow Six and, and some other games on there. And I actually kind of surprised a lot of people. I fucking love the original Xbox. That was like a great console. It was so ahead of its time. Stubbs zombie, yo. It was like way the fuck ahead of its time. And uh, I always really, really dug it. Um, so that was how I got my Xbox. I think every other story is like, you know, well worn at this point. I would have to assume. Final question of the day. It's from Nariso. It's combining some topics here and I like Nariso. it. Greetings from Brazil. Oi. Oi. I like how they all write the oi. They know. Do you guys think PS4.5 can hurt NX sales? No. No. Yeah, They're think, different audiences. Yeah, I think it's totally. NX is going to hurt different. NX sales. NX is going to give it to you. Well, people are like, well, maybe the Sony's like re- reacting with Neo to NX. I'm like, they're not reacting to Nintendo at all. There's nothing to react to. Like, Nintendo. What do they know? This, this <laughs> thing that they didn't just pull this out of their ass two weeks ago. Like, this is something, this is something that's been in the cards for a while. I don't, I think they're kind of, they kind of exist on their, on their own. Nintendo's clearly going to exist in like the middle market again. Mm-hmm. It's not a good place to be, by the way. Yeah. Most consoles do not, do not succeed there, whether we're talking about the Dreamcast or we're talking about the Wii U. So it's risky, but they have to do something. Yeah. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the first and last ever episode 67 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. We're only two episodes away from another episode. That you're going to so. make a big deal about with your 69s. I'm probably not, but I'm going to say it a lot. That's for damn sure. If you don't have tickets yet for Kind of Funny Live, go to kindoffunny.com slash tickets. Get your tickets. Then I'll tweet at me. Tell me you got your ticket, and we'll have a nice little party. If you want to buy Tim a blow-up doll and mm-hmm. send it to the P.O. Box, he'll 69 it. I will. On episode Live 69. on the show. On the table. I'll lay on it. Wow. You'll lay on it. You know what? <laughs> I want to be on top, yeah. Never done that before. <laughs> have you guys ever done that before? Be- you ever been on <laughs> top of the That's not even. That's not even. All right. <laughs> we'll save that for later. <laughs>